I think we got it. Never ending story. <laughs> there is no way in hell I would ever pull that one off. Why? My voice isn't high. It's, it's not loud enough and it's not mellow enough for that. I'm too harsh. So well, anyhow, welcome. Hello. Welcome. My name is Michelle Moross. We are Denim and Pearls. So welcome to Denim and Pearls. We are business casual. Hold on. I messed up. You totally <laughs> Welcome to Denim and Pearls. We haven't even started drinking yet. My name is Michelle Moross, and this is Brian Swanson. We are business casual with pearls of wisdom from the porch. You totally. <laughs> Anyhow, you all know who we are. You <laughs> this found is Michelle. Me. I'm Brian. <laughs> we are pearls. Of... See, I can't even do it now. See, business so... casual with pearls of wisdom. From the porch. From the porch. <laughs> and there's always a story to everything. Yes, and the story right now is Michelle's a little loopy. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. But our topic today is the never-ending story. Ah. You all remember that movie so with angelic. the trick with the trail and his magic dragon thingy that he flew around. Was that a no trail? What was the name of the 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 dog? The flying dog? Yeah. I don't remember. I don't either. It was the flying dog. Yeah, but I remember a trail because I met him at one of your... Uh, uh, Galaxy, Fest. Galaxy Fest. I know. Yes. So, there, I know a few people who fell in love with him, too. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, they were in love with him before he got yeah. here. Then when he got here, he's such a nice guy that... He was yeah. so cute, too. So, <laughs> anyways. So, never-ending story. Well, I, I asked Brian that we talk about the never-ending story because... We all have our own stories. We all have our stories about how we view life and everyone sees everything different. And what brought this idea up is I was thinking when we were kids, we used to play a game where we'd all get in a circle in school in, in the classroom and the teacher would say, let's start a rumor. By the way, I've never heard of this story. Really? And the so. teacher would whisper something in the first person's ear. And the, the, the whole game was every person would whisper something else in the next person's ear and by time it came all the way around the circle the story had changed so she could have just started with johnny has johnny has a brown nose and the next thing you know when it comes all the way around the circle johnny has a, a dog that is brown and lives in a farm you're like where did that come from but it's how people perceive the words that they hear or how what if you know, you've heard it. It's all about perception. We've talked about that but, a lot. Well, it's also part of what we hear, too. I mean, it, what's the thing? It's like 23% of everything that you hear, you actually retain. Like when you go to a conference or something like that, where even if the, the speaker is magnificent. Think about this. True. You can, you can actually do the experiment by yourself. Listen to the speaker and then explain what the speaker said. And that speaker just spoke for 45 minutes and you've got three sentences maybe that you Hi, can tell yeah. that story uh they said their name is this and <laughs> they're really fun to watch and you remember one sentence or one concept that they took out of the whole thing it's just like watching a movie so, but uh, at least story. it is for me because I, I you know when it comes to a movie i i watch a movie i get done with it and then i have a tendency to just shut it down and put it on the back burner he's horrible because i'll say oh you know this movie when that scene happened and then he is nope i do you haven't seen top gun he is I did. Yeah, 14 well, times. Well, don't you remember when they said this, you know? You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that, that's the way I remember movies because it, it, I, I guess it's one of those really w weird things, part of my story, if you will, 
um, I don't retain it unless there was something that really out and I was attached to. In other words, if you give him a history channel, he'll remember everything. If you tell him about, put him on a car channel, he'll remember everything about every car that was shown. Not but true, you, but yeah. you, you put him on anything else and he does, nope, don't remember it. <laughs> well, okay. So how many schools did you go to when you were a kid? Let's just say high schools. How many high schools did you go to? Two. Okay. And how many of those, out of those two high schools, how many do you remember? Oh, probably about a hundred. You think you remember them all? Yeah. And stories behind all of them and what kind of friendship you had and all that stuff? That's how my brain works. See, mine doesn't work that way. Yeah. Mine I goes with only the important people. And so, or what I my brain thought was important. Well, and with people. me, I remember their face, what they did, what sport they played, what instrument they played. I remember all of that, but I won't remember the name. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's that too. Usually, I can remember the name faster. But I mean, sit down and go through your yearbook one day. Just just your senior yearbook uh, and me. It's really terrible because I went to so many different schools. Yeah, you had like four, didn't you? Uh, probably four. Yeah, I think it was four. I don't know. I never really counted. But if you, you know, I can go through the book and I can go, I remember that person and that person and that person and that person. But can I really tell you their stories? Can I really tell you why I knew them? I remember stories. I, with the prompts like that, I might be able to. But to come up with it off the top of my head. Yeah. And I'll say, oh, uh, your brother did this. Da, da. I mean, I've had people where they... I haven't seen them since we were like nine and um, I'm thinking of one guy in particular and we connected on Facebook and we were talking one day and we got on a call and he said, how do you remember me? And I said, well, I remember you standing in the 100 ward uh, wing and you're on the corner and you had your backpack on the floor and you had your arms crossed and you were just the sweetest guy with the big eyes. And I remember thinking how quiet you are. He has, how do you remember all that? I do. I can see you vividly in my head. I have a visual memory. So I think it's girls that can do that. Maybe. Because they always want to know, do you remember what I was wearing on my first date? I don't remember that. You don't remember what you were wearing on Michael's first date? Your first official date? Nope. Or what you were wearing when you got married? Or when he gave you your first kiss and all this? Nope. That's usually what the girls remember. I don't remember any of that. <laughs> See? <laughs> and it's not because it wasn't important. No, I, all I remember about when I first met my, my future husband was that he was awkward, looked different than everyone else, and I knew he was going to be the one I was going to marry. And I knew that at 14. Yeah, but you remember he was right. Didn't, didn't you say the story about he was riding a bike or something and he drove by or rode oh, by? Oh, no, no. The, the first time I saw him, he was walking to cross-country practice. I can tell you what he was wearing. I can tell you how the leaves were moving around him. Um, I, I remember everything about him. On that moment and so it's it's crazy how my mind do you remember was, what day uh it was a thursday because i remember complaining that school started on thursday and they said oh we start on thursday because you have your first day of getting to know everything friday is your first day of real classes and then you prepare and then monday started class so i remember it was a thursday see i can tell you it's a girl thing because you asked my wife when we first met she could probably tell you everything I, re I do remember when we first met, though, actually. I, I, I do actually remember that. I think the first time I met Michael, actually spoke to him. I was in school, and the boy I was dating at the time was leaning in front of me, and Michael walked by and said, take a cold shower, get a room, <laughs> get a room. and walked away. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. 
And you didn't understand what that meant? You were, no, I didn't. I was going to say gullible. That's not the word I was looking for. Um, I was naive. Naive, yes. Yes, I had no idea what he meant by that. And <laughs> there's so many things that I remember. But the, what, what I was getting on with the never-ending story is that we all have stories in our head. So, like, with me, my, my story in my head was uh, I was not a pretty person and that, you know, no one would ever love me because I wasn't good enough. Or some other people, like maybe you, say, I'm not good at math. Or what I meet now, I'm not good at public speaking. And uh, I, I listened to these stories and I said, where did that story originate? And so one of my clients, one of the people who came to my speaker boot camp um, earlier in the year, she said, oh, I'm not good at public speaking. I don't speak in front of people. And I said, where did you start that story? And she says, oh, well, I, I used to love you know, doing spelling bees and da, 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 da. And then one day I was in front of the spelling bee and I was down to the last five and I spelled the word wrong and people laughed. And I said, oh, really? She says, so I can't, I can't do that. I don't spell well and I, I don't speak in front of people anymore. And I'm like, so was it that you can't speak in front of people or because you were embarrassed, you don't want to be in front of people anymore? And she went, oh. Embarrassed and scared. Yes. So her story that she had been telling herself for 40 some odd years was, I'm not good at spelling because I made it to the top five of the spelling bee and failed at that fifth. Okay, lady, uh, I couldn't even get to the top 200. And so what she had geared in her mind was that she wasn't a good speller and she couldn't be in front of people. It was a narrative that she put in her head in order to protect herself from the embarrassment that she felt at that moment. So what story are you telling? If you say you're bad at math, is it because you got an F on one of your tests when you're in seventh grade and you just locked it in your head? Oh, I'm not good at math. And for the rest of your life, you didn't allow yourself to get any better at math. Well, I, I mean, I've got a story too I keep thinking about. and But relating the story of things changing and remembering things the way that you thought that they happened, mm -hmm. the rationalization that you either somehow <laughs> your brain put the news story in, in your mind oh yeah because you saw it one way when it possibly happened that's and that's why we have problems when it comes to people being witnesses to certain everyone sees something different. somebody stealing a bicycle the story is all different because everybody sees it differently and your brain turns around and puts what you think should have happened or whatever and a perfect example I was, I had a fourth grade teacher, loved him to death. Daniel Silos was his name. And he moved like near the end of the school year or something like this. Well, for some reason, I remember him telling the class that he was going to quit teaching and go raise popcorn. Now that sounds weird, but this was in Indiana and we raise a lot of popcorn in Indiana. Okay. Popcorn is separate from regular corn. It, yes. it's, its own it's thing. Different if kind. you didn't know that, it's its own thing. Okay. Um, its own breed or whatever. So that's what I grew up with remembering since the fourth grade. Well, I literally talked to him probably about 10 years ago. Okay. I, I just happened to. And I said, so whatever happened with the popcorn farm thing? And he said, what are you talking he about? He says, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so what did he say? <laughs> he actually, he actually did. He says, I think where you might have gotten it was... He went on some kind of a vacation and he actually visited a popcorn field farm. Oh, and you pushed it together. I somehow pushed it together because what he actually ended up doing, which is what he does to this day, as far as I'm aware, um, was staying within the educational field and ended up being a principal of a couple of different schools over, you know, over the years and different things like that. So he he totally stayed within education. 
he never went to raise popcorn. <laughs> but somehow my brain had always put that together. And I've told that story forever. I've told people about my favorite teacher always went to. He became a popcorn became farmer. became a popcorn farmer. <laughs> and it wasn't true. Well, and I was thinking like with me, um, I made up a story in my head. I was in a car accident before the big one. It was another car accident. And I'm on this overpass. And I remember seeing a car rushing towards me. He was not slowing down. Oh, I'm moving. Um, he was not slowing down. And when he hit me from behind, he pushed my car into the truck in front of me. And the truck in front of me had a piece of wood sticking out the back. And it was headed to the inside of my car. But when we sat around and we waited for the police and the policeman came and then, you know, I was out of the car and everything. Okay, so you're on life number four. Yeah. The, the policeman <laughs> comes over and he says, so what happened? I said... I was terrified because I saw him coming at me and it, it looked like he was coming at me at 70 miles an hour. So I put my foot on the brake and I was, I, I was waiting for the hit and I was so afraid that he was going to knock me over the overpass into the, on the traffic below the overpass. And I had in my head where I was, what was happening, everything. And the police is like, Oh, wow. Okay. Well, good thing you're, you're not hurt, blah, blah, blah. Well, when we had to do all the file reports and we we're looking at all the pictures, I hadn't even made it onto the fire, the freeway yet. I didn't even make it over on. I wasn't on the overpass. I was on the flat part right before the overpass. But in my mind, I saw him coming at me at the light. I saw the overpass. And in my mind, I had moved my car onto the overpass. And that the way he was hitting me, he was going to hit me and knock me over. I was nowhere near it. I would have went into the grass. So my mind had a story of... When you're on overpasses, be very careful. So with me, when I'm on an overpass, even to this day, I always go into the fast lane and I stay in the fast lane until I'm over the overpass to the other side. Why? Because my brain says if you're on the right side, closer to the edge, if you get hit, you're going to go over the side. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, considering there's usually not a way for somebody to hit you there, but okay. Exactly. <laughs> I was at the light before it. I was at the light before it, but in my mind, because it was such a scary moment in time, I, my mind moved me to the worst case scenario. And that's what I thought was happening. I was in no danger of ever being pushed over an edge. I would have been pushed into grass on the side. Well, that, it kind of goes back to, I mean, there's, there's extremes in different things. And I'm thinking of the story that my, my birth mom told me okay. about, um, when I was conceived and different things like that, she didn't have a lot of recollection of anything. She had suppressed those thoughts. Mm -hmm. And that's actually why once I met her, it took me 10 years to get any information out of her enough to find my birth father. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's, she's at that extreme where she didn't have an accident. She didn't have all any of that kind of stuff or a, a reason for it. It was just such a traumatic story to her because she had to give her kid up, yada, yada, yada. But it was such a tragic story to her that she, she had suppressed it. and blocked all of that information. I mean, that's like crazy. So her story, you know, it, it grew over 10 years. And so what story are you telling yourself? What are you preventing yourself from doing because of a story that your mind has created so big that you can't find the real story? You don't even know what the real You're story probably is. Not gonna, you know, we, we also had a conversation one time about obvious. And this this may not be obvious. You may not know what that story is until something triggers that emotion 
that's tied to that story because every story that we have is actually it's tied to an emotion and that's what happens with a lot of and i'm going to go really serious on this but that's what happens to a lot of ptsd folks Mm -hmm. is the incident and the emotions that are attached to it and i had a a person that we used to network with and she was she was like a hypnosis person hypnotic hypnotist and she would literally work with ptsd folks to separate the emotion from the story. Yep. That way the person could, she had like a, like a 90% success rate with this. Well, it, it's, it's very helpful. If you have a, a story in your head that's holding you back and you need someone to talk to, you need to find someone to talk to like a counselor, someone who can guide you through, because that's, if you ever watch me speak on stage and I tell these stories, you're like, don't you have a brain injury? Well, I do. <laughs> but what happened is I went to a counselor and we worked through a lot of my stories and we pulled the emotion away from that, whatever state right. that happened. And I saw the story like a movie, what was happening to me and I could see it objectively. So now I know what happened without the <gasps> freak out part. It's like watching a movie and taking away the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> or the noise track. Yeah, because- it doesn't, it's just not the same. The story's there, but there, there's nothing there to trigger the emotions. Haven't you seen movies where they say it's all in the soundtrack and the soundtrack is your mind. The emotional state is your soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And there are reels out there. You can probably Google it and say movies without sound or movies with the wrong uh, soundtrack. And like the scene of, of Darth Vader being becoming whatever. Right. They put it like love music in, and suddenly he's not turning into a monster. He's coming back to life to be a good well, person. Like I saw a reel yesterday, I think it was, and they took, um, oh, I can't remember who the band was. It was like, Meta- it wasn't Metallica, but it was some death metal band. And they put it up against the film for Matilda. Total match. Yeah. It was totally awesome. I don't know what they had done. But I also had another realization, too. What? You watch too many reels in TikTok. You spend too much time in the airport. I spend a lot of time in airports. And it's funny because now that TikToks and all those things show up on Facebook, I'm like checking on Facebook because, you know, I do. And then the reel pops up and then you watch the next one. You watch the next one. Like, I need to get yeah, on the airport. Yeah, next thing is 45 minutes are gone. Yes. It's definitely one way no. to pass time. But a never-ending story. And we all have them. Some of them hold us back. Some of them make us afraid to do the things we're supposed to do in this world for ourselves and to make the world a better place. And sometimes we relive those stories too. Over I mean, let's kind of go that way. And with, over and over. And a lot of times they're negative. Yes. Uh, you know, we see a lot of people out there that they cannot get over some tragic event. I, I've got something in my head specifically, but some tragic event that may have happened 15 or 20 or 30 years ago. And they relive that story every single day. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a never ending story. I mean, that's how I met Brian because I was avoiding my never ending story and in my never ending story, he's a bad guy. And so I Does had this face look like a bad. So guy? I had to, <laughs> I had to look at it, all of it uh, from another perspective to realize this is a narrative that I've been playing in my head to fear anyone that looks like Brian. Mm-hmm. And I had to pull back and do that is irrational. I mean, the same person cannot be duplicated over and over and over and over again. They're unique people. And so I let my narrative hold back a friendship because of what I expected him to do. <laughs> Not obvious. what, yeah, the obvious what I was expecting him to do, because that's what he does, you know? And 
I had to replay, pull it out and do, wait a minute, this is wrong. I am judging him off of a narrative in my head that is actually should be applied to only one person, but I was applying it to him. Are you doing that to someone in your life? Are you doing it to your clients? Are you, do you see someone walk into a, oh, here's another, I, Go to a fancy art studio or something like that. Come in with messy clothes, kind of look, don't look like you have any money. Watch how they treat you. They have a narrative in their head of who will buy. Who oh. will buy this wonderful morning? You have a story about that, like with your car. Well, there wasn't, well, there was one. Yeah. <laughs> there is one about my car yeah. that Julie and I went looking for a car one time. The wife and I went looking for a car one time and I was looking specifically at what we could do with our family because we had two kids, one extra one on the way and yet to get a long story there. But we went in looking for something and BMW had just came out, re reintroduced a station wagon. So we walked to the, or went to the, um, the car dealership, get out of the car. And the guy says, what are you looking for? I said, well, I want to look at this new BMW, which we're calling. He looks at me and tells me I can't afford his car. Because he judged him. Because I was wearing story. a t-shirt and jeans and or whatever I was wearing at the time and driving. I was actually driving a Grand Prix at the time, which at that time was a nice car. <laughs> so I don't know whatever happened but, with that. But I got back in the car and my and Julie's like, why are you so upset? So I explained to her, I says, he just told me I can't afford his cars. I says, you know, I can afford any blankety blank car he has on this lot. I don't care what it takes to do it. The only question is, can I afford the insurance afterwards? Because, <laughs> you know, you know that it becomes a whole other story when you start figuring that in. But the story was... But don't tell me I can't afford something. The person selling the car had a narrative in his head. Mm -hmm. He had in his head who would buy. What a BMW and, owner a, looks like. And so when he showed up in a t-shirt, he lost a sale because he judged somebody mm -hmm. by his own narrative. And that's why I was getting back to your business. What are you prejudging in your head that who would work with you? There are so many people who do things like, oh, well, they're never going to work with me because no, you don't know their situation. Or in my, in the speaker world I, that I'm in, people say, oh, well, I wanted to charge this, but you know, I'm going to lower my price because I don't think the people can really afford that. And I do don't tell them what they can afford. They will tell you what they can afford. Well, I mean, that, we're totally off on going off on a little bit of a tangent. No, right it's there. stories. Because I'm also thinking of the fact that in business, and especially if you own your own business, you have a brick and mortar, a whatever, and mortar. or you're going to go on Etsy. What do you charge for your product? Oh, you're going the other way. Okay. Uh, well, that that's part of it, too, because we all have in our mind that we want to be fair to our customers. But on the other side of it, too, we don't rationalize the fact there's the other side of the story that we don't rationalize that if you, we sell it at that discounted of a price that we're going to go out of business. We're not going to make the money we need to sustain. Well, I was thinking your story about when you had the comic book store and uh, one of your people who worked in the store with <laughs> you prejudged a man that came in looking pretty sloppy, looking right. at a very expensive piece. Right. And when they dismissed him and he walked out, Brian followed him out. 
and found what? out this man. I was actually sitting outside in front of the okay. door and she said something to the husband about, I don't know where the hell they get off talking about that. I can't afford anything. I, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop. Excuse me. I'm the owner. What did you just say? <laughs> Needless to say, my, um, let's call them employees at this point, were very well schooled in that tactic. Never judge a book by its cover. Never, 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 because you, you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, the there wasn't, there is another individual. It wasn't specifically that. That was one story. But there was another individual who used to come into the store. He'd come in about every two months or so, riding on a moped. And he looked like he didn't have two nickels to rub together. He His, his moped looked like he probably parked it in the woods somewhere because he'd on the street. You know, whatever. But he would come in about every two months and spend two to $300. So if I would have judged that individual coming in the door the first day, even though I did judge him, I, but I didn't put the judgment on him. Like there's a big difference there. He didn't have, or I mean, he had the money to spend. I could have been out all that money for all those months. Well, I don't know if you're having the same issue on your end, but our video has slowed down because I'm talking, and on the video, Brian is still talking. <laughs> I think it'll be fine. We'll find out. Okay. There so here's the thing. We all have stories that we tell ourselves. What are you telling yourself? And is it holding you back from your future? Um, if we go into the relationship side, what story are you saying? Like, I hear this all the time. There are no good men left. Oh, he's too good for me. He's too good for me. <laughs> there's other, there's other, they're all either married or <laughs> we all know that one. Yeah. And then you, you hear men say, well, you know, all the, all women want are bad boys. Well, what you're doing is you're putting into the world, into the universe, to the cosmos. That's all you're going to get. You will only meet the ones who aren't, aren't, are taken. You will only meet the ones who are the bad boys. You will only, mm -hmm. we get what we ask for. Why? It's just like that whole theory about you're going to buy a new car and you've che checked it all out. You decided you're going to get a white whatever. And you buy the car. You've never think no one else has it. And as soon as you drive it off the lot, every car you see is the car you just bought that you thought no one else had. Exactly. It's always that way. What you focus on, you get. <laughs> so whatever story you're telling yourself, if you don't like the story, like in the never ending story song, never ending story. Ah, it says, show no fear because it may fade away. But every day is a chance to make a new story. So if you are being held back in some way, shape or form, change your narrative, change your story, and you'll start seeing something different. Well, it's like I've walked into networking groups and I meet somebody and say, good morning. Even though it's at five o'clock at night or seven o'clock at night, I'll say good morning. And they look at me funny. And they like, what do you mean? It's like seven o'clock at night. I'm like, well, every minute's a new minute. So every day's a new day. So good morning. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> it's kind of a silly little technical thing going on there. But really and truly, I mean, if you think about it, every minute is a new minute. Every day is a new day. Your story, no matter what it is, can be changed. You don't have to relive those stories. Now, back to where we started that part. There are exceptions to that rule. Okay. I understand. Um, you know, I don't want to put anybody down in any kind of mental health kind of a thing here, but, but, but we have the opportunity every single day to change our story. And it doesn't have to be a big change. 
could be an itty bitty change. Or improve upon our story. Yes. Not necessarily change, but improve upon yes. our story. It can be done. And you can't look at us and say, ah, they don't know what they're talking about. Go watch my old videos on YouTube. <laughs> Excuse me. Are you okay? So every day is a chance to make a change. Hmm? It can be a small one. It can be a big one. The small ones are easier to make. And if you're scared about changing that story, one tiny change and every day add another tiny change and the next thing you know you've changed your story so i think we need to roll we are denim and pearls my name is michelle Morales. <laughs> i'm brian swanson we are business casual with pearls of wisdom from the porch go change your story your never-ending story can be a beautiful one change you your story it. change your life oh i like that Ooh. Peace. I'm sure somebody said that somewhere. Yes. <laughs> Where's it at? There we go. Peace. Peace.